Sarah Bernard, mademoiselle, quand même. Sarah Bernard was known to be a stalker. She is credited with the following line, addressing a young actress who explained that she did not suffer from stage fright. You will have it, once you have talent. This stage fright will allow Sarah Bernard to accidentally discover that even when one acts with real feelings, one still performs. We're now in 1880. Sarah is in London with her company. The scene takes place in the photography studio of Downey, who has brought together the actress and the theatre critic Francisque Sarcet, who has followed her since her debut. Have you noticed, Downey, how actors always seem to have something better to do than to go on stage? You'd think someone was forcing them to act. In London, I was their darling. It scared me to death. Nothing frightens me more than a tame audience. I love a fight. I need a fight. I am subject to stage fright. Don't tell me my uncontrollable, my wild stage fright was any news to you. Don't make me believe you still needed me. Yes, I needed you. When you were there in my early days, if my eyes happened to meet someone in the audience, I turned as red as a lobster. I was ashamed to be speaking so loud in front of so many silent faces. But that wasn't stage fright then. That was shyness. Didn't you have Jarrett to hold your hand? At a quarter to ten, I was to make my first appearance before an English audience. My keynote is the A, ah, le bal, spoken low with the A open, le bal, or driven up to a closed A by dwelling on the L. Le I close my eyes to listen to my voice. That night, Le Bal is not there. I cannot find the Bal, neither up nor down. My voice is harsh in the lows, veiled in the highs. I cry with rage. Someone informs me that the second act of Phaedra is about to start. Twenty-four years earlier, Rachel's Phaedra had taken London by storm. Miss Bernard was determined to outdo her, but she was only granted an excerpt, the second act to compete with her idol. It was her only chance. I cannot find my veil, I cannot find my rings, I'm going mad. Is here, blood rushes to my heart. I'm weak and can't recall the words I mean to speak. On seeing him, I forget, but the words are can't recall hits me in the brain. What do I say? I mean, I can't recall what I have to say. It's the truth. On seeing him, I can't recall. I can't recall. I can't recall. 
I can't recall, I can't recall. What do I say after I can't recall? No one prompts me. What did I want to tell her? I too have forgotten what I wanted to tell her. Everyone is terrified at my nervous state. The actress who plays Fedra's old nurse, Enon, says, Calm down, the English have all gone to Paris. There's no one in the house but Belgians. Fool, she knows I've never had a worse stage fright than in Brussels. I can't think why, darling, she says. There were only English in Brussels that night. I make my entrance. Hennon's nonsense has changed my spirits. I still have stage fright, but not the kind that paralyzes, only the kind that makes you panic, which is bad enough. One overacts, but at least one acts. To be accurate, they practically had to carry her onto the stage. As is natural, given her emotional condition, she struck the first note too high. Once this register is reached, Artists know this too well. One has to keep it as ground for the whole piece. The first note provides the foundation for everything which follows. The voice can only rise from there as feelings swell with power and emotion. I have lost control. My voice won't go down. I'm off. Once lounge forward, nothing can stop me. I suffer, I weep, I beg, I scream, I am in agony. Everything is true. My pain is awful. My tears flow, burning, acrid. I implore Hippolyte for the love that's killing me. My arms outstretched towards Munisuli, our father's arms twisted by the cruelty of desire. When the curtain falls, Munisuli lifts me off the floor and carries me inanimate to my dressing room. Do you think the English felt the same discomfort that such a performance would have provoked in Paris? The public ignored what happened. They want me to take my bow. Ah, I wish to thank them for their understanding, for their emotion. I come back on stage. She does indeed. The audience is beside themselves. They are delighted. They call her back again and again. She reappears, livid, half-dead, hanging on Munesuli's arm, without which she would collapse. And the more she swoons, the happier they are. And the more they call for her, the more she returns, the more they applaud. That night, I understood for the first time 
that when one lives a situation for real on stage, even to its fiercest, one continues to act. Distance. Theatre needs distance. No distance, no theatre. Soon you'll be telling us Jarrett is the fairy godmother who turned you into a princess. In the art of the theatre, Sarah Bernard writes, From that moment on, I resolved to be strong, solid, and alive. That's right. Since she couldn't die at will, she might as well live as long as possible. It makes sense. In any case, it gave her confidence. On the other hand, her contemporaries hated her. They put up with her because she was sick, because she had to die. But now that they were sure she would live a long time, it didn't work at all. Alexandre Dumas' best friend died saying, I am happy to die because I will never hear about Sarah Bernard again. That evening, I understand for the first time that by really living a situation, even at its paroxysm, one continues to play in, in spite, spite of, of it, it all. all. And I mark this decisive performance with a small white pebble. It is the Stanislavski method. 